something I like to ask my clients is how many fat loss phases have you attempted in the past year? In the last two years, how long have you been dieting? What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Meet Me at the Barbell, where we bring you authentic conversations surrounding your training and nutrition so that you can feel confident and empowered when it comes to your health and fitness. From powerlifting to fad diets to hot girl walks and beyond, we cover it all. I'm your host, Erin Taylor. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Meet Me at the Barbell. We took a week off last week. Thank you guys for your patience on this episode. It is one very near and dear to my heart, and I really wanted to give it the attention that I believe it deserves. So today we are going to be talking about earning the right to diet, otherwise known as are you ready for a fat loss phase? We're going to be diving into kind of a fat loss phase checklist of things that I believe that we should all do before jumping into a caloric deficit um, in order to see some fat loss. So if you are not in a place to listen to a podcast about dieting or fat loss, this might not be the episode for you. Little content warning. Um, But without further ado, we are just going to jump right in. So Earning the right to diet. That sounds kind of weird. Why would I title uh, the episode this way? As a society, we treat fat loss phases as just something we can slip into on a random Monday after eating pizza and wings and fries and indulging over the weekend. It's very casual. It's very whimsical. We kind of just decide out of nowhere. It might be spurred by a bad body image day or trying on a pair of pants and we're like, yep, I'm just going to diet. We might be watching a TV show and a commercial comes on for Jenny Craig or whatever it may be. And we're like, you know, what? I'm going to start a diet on Monday. We slash our calories on a whim and set our tracking apps, whatever they may be, to the goal of lose two pounds per week, be super aggressive more often than we set any other goal in our tracking apps, such as like a maintenance phase or a surplus phase. I bet if they did like a study on the algorithms of MyFitnessPal and other tracking apps to see what percentage of the population when they're selecting their goals selects weight loss versus the other goals that are listed, I, I am sure that it would be a crazy percentage choosing the fat loss or the weight loss option. So when in reality, fat loss phases should really be thought of as something that we prepare for, something that we plan for in advance, something that we have an exit strategy for after the fat loss phase, kind of like a post fat loss phase plan, if you will, which we will talk about more in depth later. Um, All of this being said, something I like to ask my clients is how many fat loss phases have you attempted in the past year? In the last two years, how long have you been dieting? How long have you had the goal of I want to lose weight or I want to lose fat? Most clients will answer that they have been dieting for as long as they can remember. They have been chasing the goal of weight loss for most of their adolescent and their adult life. And there's more than one problem with this. One, what a limiting way to live our lives. I can say that because I've been there and I can look back and see what I have missed out on by living my life consumed with thoughts of shrinking myself and constantly dieting, constantly cutting my calories, constantly thinking that it was just an issue of move more, eat less. 
But also this is a problem because chronic dieting like this, yo-yo dieting, these periods of restriction followed by no real tracking, no real plan at all, followed by more more restriction and then kind of like that just endless cycle, this actually makes fat loss harder in the long run and it makes weight management and weight maintenance damn near impossible. I know some of you are listening to this nodding and long being like, that is me. Like I am constantly trying to diet and I might see like, you know, two, three, four, five pounds lost, but then I hit this plateau and then, you know, I say F it and I like just eat how I want. And then I go to cut calories again. And suddenly the old calories that I did lose weight on aren't working. So I have to go even lower. And it's just like, I feel like I'm eating less and less and less and I'm not seeing progress. And I've been doing this for years on end with no results. So first we're going to talk about why this happens, like what this phenomena is. So when we lower our calories, our body will shrink until it doesn't anymore. Our metabolism slows down. We might cut more calories, add in more cardio, you know, up our exercise, cut our calories again. Eventually we cannot sustain the low intake that we've set out for ourselves. And so we gain the weight back. We ditch the diet, whatever we've been trying to do, life gets in the way, we get too busy. Obviously, we can't stick to this 12,000 or 1200, 1400 calorie diet. And then, you know, months and months go by of kind of saying effort and then we diet again. But again, like I said, this time we don't lose on the calories that caused the fat loss in the past. And this is because our body's adaptive response to a caloric deficit. So I've said this before in past episodes, our body does not like to lose weight. So you might've heard the term like starvation mode thrown around. That is not what we are talking about here. What we are talking about here is the physiological response that our bodies have to eating in a caloric deficit. So when we eat less than what our body needs to maintain homeostasis, to maintain our weight, a couple of things happen, three of which being our BMR, our basal metabolic rate decreases. That's the amount of energy that our body needs to sustain itself. Um, If we just laid in bed all day, think about if you had the flu and you laid in bed. So our body will actually downregulate a lot of its processes and become more efficient on less food. So BMR decreases, our non-exercise activity thermogenesis, otherwise known as NEAT, also decreases. So you might find that your step count, if you're counting your steps, goes down. We fidget less. Your body is subconsciously telling you to move less because it does not want to expend energy in a deficit. And also our digestion slows down. It wants to hold on to every single morsel and bit of micronutrient that it can because you're not getting as much as you are if you were eating at a maintenance level. So sometimes this can also be known as um, metabolic adaptation. All you need to know here is that when we slash our calories, when we lower our calories to these insanely starvation-like diet templates that you can find on the internet and that some people subject themselves to to lose weight, our metabolism slows. That's like the basic way of saying it. Remember when I say metabolism slows, I'm talking about that BMR decreasing. I'm talking about our NEAT going down. I'm talking about our digestion slowing down, all of those processes in the background. It's not just as simple as saying your metabolism decreases. But when that happens, and even if we do see minimal weight loss or fat loss, 
that even causes us to have a smaller body size and need less and less calories. So when we go off and we end the deficit or, you know, we throw the tracking to the side and we just eat however we want, we have no real way of even knowing how much we're eating then. It might be slightly over what our maintenance calories are. It might be way over what our maintenance calories are. So most of us are only really tracking when we're in this severe deficit mode instead of, you know, okay, this deficit's not working for me. I'm going to track and try and eat at maintenance. We don't do that. We just track when we're in a deficit, when we're in a fat loss phase. So the good news is our body's adaptive response works both ways to a deficit and to a slight increase in calories, trying to work our way back up to maintenance. So when we start to eat more and more in a slow, strategic manner, our BMR increases, our NEAT will increase, our digestion will normalize, and we can start to eat more and more. Now, sometimes, and we've talked about this in, I believe, the first episode that Nicole was on, sometimes when we increase our intake after chronic dieting and years of under eating, there will be weight gain. And that is okay. That is normal. You see all of these magical stories about reverse dieting, which just means slowly and strategically bringing your caloric intake back up to a healthy maintenance level. That's all that means. Sometimes you see these magical stories of I lost weight when I did a reverse diet. I am shredded after a reverse diet. And while those things are absolutely valid for some people, the majority of people who have been chronic dieters and under eating for years and years, you might see some some fat gain. You might see some muscle gain. You might see some weight gain. All of those things are normal. And I think it needs to be talked about more and normalized so that people aren't concerned that they're doing a reverse diet, quote unquote, wrong when they see the scale go up. So back to the title, earning the right to diet. We're trying to avoid this cycle of hopping into a fat loss phase on a random Monday, slashing our calories, having no idea what our current intake even is, having no idea if we've ever even eaten at maintenance, like all of these things that we don't want to have happen. That's what we're trying to avoid. So my next question to clients after asking them, you know, how long have you been dieting? How many fat loss phases have you tried? Is have you ever tried eating at maintenance, prioritizing recovery, and really pushing yourself in the gym to see performance gains. And usually they're like, no, I've never tried that. And it, I get it. It can be such a scary thing to come to a coach with this goal of fat loss and have them tell you, hey, we're not going to focus on that first. It kind of sounds to some people like the coach isn't listening to you, but I can guarantee that if you go to a coach and you tell them your goal is fat loss and they ask you these questions and after you answer them, they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to take some time to hit pause. We're going to revisit this goal. We'll keep it as the overarching you know, umbrella of everything we do together. But first, we're going to work on getting your intake up so that when we do decide to jump into a fat loss phase, it's going to be successful. It's going to be sustainable. And your fat loss in the long run is going to feel healthy and That is a golden coach right there. So if a coach has ever told you that, just send them a quick thank you message and be like, thank you for taking into consideration my long-term health and not just getting me a before and after picture so that you can market me on Instagram and get more money and more clients. Because guys, let me tell you something. Weight loss can be easy for a lot of people. I can give 
you know, if I had 10 people come to me for weight loss, I can give eight of them a 1200, a 1400 calorie diet, super unsustainable, super unhealthy, you know, give them endless cardio, a bunch of random workouts. Will they see the scale number go down? Probably most of them will. Will it be fat loss? Mm, Debatable. If they're not eating enough protein, if they're, you know, not on a good progressive strength training program, if their recovery isn't there, if they are under eating, like all of these things matter. So it's important to not just look at me going off script. It's important not just to jump into these random fat loss phases. So we are going to go over a fat loss checklist that I go through with each and every single one of my clients. So when I tell them, you know, we're going to push pause on this and we're going to get you up to a maintenance level of calories, there's some other things that we also look at. The first one of those is a movement routine. So you might be thinking, why do I need to establish a movement routine before I jump into a fat loss phase? My answer to you is what is your goal for the fat loss phase? And if you answer, well, you know, I just want to look more lean. I want to look more toned. I want to feel comfortable in my skin. All of those things come from a good strength training program or whatever movement routine you want. Is a strength training program supreme? Yes. (laughs) But if that is not your cup of tea, you know, I would love for you to go to a spin class two or three times a week. I would love for you to find a yoga studio two to three times a week. I would love for you to start walking outside 20 minutes, you know, three to four times a week and work your way up to walking every single day. The reason being is you're going to be far more successful in a fat loss phase if you have an established movement routine and you're also going to be able to enter into that fat loss phase on a higher amount of calories so when we're in a fat loss phase we need to be in a caloric deficit we can create that in one of two ways we can take away your food or we can increase your energy expenditure via intentional exercise or non-intentional exercise so following a good movement routine is something that you're going to have to do in the fat loss phase anyway let's go ahead and start that and make sure that we can build that foundation before we jump in So that's number one is a movement routine. Number two kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, But the main thing that I do in the checklist phase of this is just having clients track their steps. So the reason I do that is you would be surprised how big of a pushback I get from some clients about tracking steps. They can't keep their watch charged. They forget to wear it one day. Um, They don't have one. And I'm like, well, you can get a $10 pedometer off of Amazon. But the reason I have them track their steps is we are far more sedentary than we realize. And, you know, when you download all of these apps, um, I'll use Macro Factor as an example because I just went through the onboarding port Uh, portion. I love how they ask, what's your activity level? They are one of the only apps that I have seen include a range of steps. Most people would say, oh, I'm moderately active. And I love that macro factor. I don't want to say the exact range because I can't remember it, but it was a lot higher for the moderately active choice than I think a lot of people would realize. So you might have put yourself in that moderately active column, but you're only getting 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 steps a day, which is actually pretty lightly active instead of moderate. So one thing I always tell my clients is number one, we're going to establish a movement routine. It doesn't have to be six days a week strength training, but it has to be something that we can consistently adhere to. Number two, we're going to start tracking our steps and see where we're at. And then number three is knowledge and execution of tracking our food. If you want to go into a fat loss phase, 
and you are not willing to track your food for some reason, that is a red flag that maybe you're not ready or you're not the person to enter into a fat loss phase. Focusing on making your body smaller, seeing the scale number go down. If we're not up to tracking our food for some reason, there's some issues that we probably need to address, you know, mentally on our inner psyche with a professional before we go into a fat loss phase. And then the execution part of tracking in a fat loss phase, you have to be pretty damn good with your adherence to the plan. The more you adhere to the plan, the faster you're going to see results, the less likely you are going to get discouraged and throw everything to the side. So we want to make sure that we have that solid base of tracking um, before we enter into it. It's a lot easier to just track what we eat, get a good idea of where our baseline's at, learn how to track for maintenance, um, have more wiggle room that comes along with maintenance calories and nail down, you know, that practice before we jump into a fat loss phase. So, so far we've went over three, our movement routine, tracking our steps, and then knowledge and execution of tracking our food. The last and the final thing that I usually cover with my clients is sleep. If we are not consistently getting good quality sleep, I will not let my clients enter into a fat loss phase. Sleep has so much to do with our cravings, our, um, you know, adherence to the plan. If you don't get good sleep, you're not going to want to work out. You're not going to want to go get your steps in and you're sure as shit not going to want to cook your lean ground beef and cook your vegetables and eat your chicken sausage in the morning. Like you're going to want to go to Dunkin' and get a donut and that's going to be even harder to adhere to the plan during a fat loss phase. So those are usually the things that I run through with my clients to make them, you know, check those boxes off before we're just ready to go into a fat loss phase. So that's what I mean by earning the right to diet. We kind of have to make sure that we're not just treating a fat loss phase as this whimsical thing because guys, here are some truths about fat loss phases. Should they feel like the absolute hardest thing we've ever done in our entire lives? No, but it also isn't this walk in the park. It does get uncomfy. There are sacrifices that have to be made and there are trade-offs. Some of those trade-offs including less energy, more hunger, decreased performance, having to say no or work around get-togethers with friends, especially if we do these things like during the summer. There's beach trips that we want to go on and little ice cream shops that we want to visit. And if we're trying to have the best fat loss phase that we can have, like I said earlier, the best fat loss phase happens when we have good adherence to the plan. We get into the deficit, we get out of the deficit. We're not spending the whole year, you know, dieting and under eating and not giving our body the calories that it needs to be in homeostasis. So some other truths about fat loss phases, we have to have a lot of willpower. There is saying no to a lot of things. There are things that we say yes to, of course, but there are also things that we say no to. (laughs) The truth of it is, is when we're in a deficit, we have less calories to work with. And that is just a hard truth. So, you know, there's things that we cannot eat. And I know that that's kind of a hot take in the nutrition space right now to say that you can't eat things, but I am in a deficit right now. I'm in a fat loss phase. I have to make a weight for a powerlifting competition. I got crumble cookies this weekend and I could not eat 
more than I had tracked. I couldn't eat a whole cookie. I could not fit that into my diet and also have enough micronutrients and fiber and protein and hit all of my other macro goals. So there is saying no. Um, and there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of planning. You have to plan your menus out. You have to pre-log your meals. So the reason why I like to say you have to earn the right to diet is so that people take a pause and they stop thinking about a fat loss phase as something that is super easy, super fun, something that they can go into, you know, all the time, every single month out of the year. It should really be viewed as just another phase in nutrition periodization. But we have to start devoting time to the other phases, to maintenance, to even bulking and a surplus. If you never intentionally put on size, your problem might not be that you want to lose fat. It might be that every time you lose fat, you still don't have the amount of muscle you'd like to have to look like a, you know, lean, jacked and juicy. So I hope that this has made sense. I know it was a lot of information that we covered. I do want to make another episode about maintenance phases and just, you know, dive into that fully because that's a topic that just needs a lot more time for us to go over. And I really just wanted this episode to be about, you know, why we should earn the right to diet and, you know, the little checklist of things that maybe we could focus on before jumping into a fat loss phase. So if you have specific questions about fat loss phases or the fat loss phase checklist that I mentioned, please, please, please email me erin.strongnotsorry at gmail.com. Shoot me a message on Instagram at strongnotsorry. And I would love to um, either answer your question back with an email or a post or a separate podcast if that's what the question warrants. So I hope that this was a fun episode to listen to and I hope that everyone enjoys the rest of their week and we will see you in the next one.